The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hi, everyone. From Googleization Nation to everyone out there, to all our listeners on Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show. Uh, we continue to hope you, your teams, and your families uh, are safe and staying healthy. Uh, just when you think the world couldn't get any crazier, uh, the road to the new normal took a couple detours <laughs> the last week. Um, seems to be calming down a little bit. And so I, I got a question. How do you like living in a VUCA world? For those who haven't been paying attention uh, to, to me or Googleization Nation or Keith, uh, VUCA is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Um, I don't know a more perfect acronym to describe our world. What do you think, Keith? <laughs> I think you're a, what is it, a soothsayer? <laughs> right? Crystal ball. I yeah, don't know. Although you, you were talking about it, but somebody was talking about it before you are. Like, we're, right. we're in it, my man. We're in it. It is. You know, I, oftentimes it's like uncertain. You know, we, we talk about uncertainty every day. Yeah, we have some weather fronts that are passing by the area here. So, um, so can you hear me? You know, yeah, there you go. There uh, okay. You go. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the volat, you know, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous seems to be words of the day. You hear about uncertainty every single day, and certainly our world, get, our world gets more complex. But the volatility, uh, you know, sometimes I ease back on that because that seems uh, a bit harsh, but it's probably the most appropriate world <laughs> word I can think of. Um, speaking of that, uh, we had a last-minute change, so it's talking about uncertainty and complexity and volatility. Uh, we're going to be joined shortly uh, by a good friend of our show and a return guest, Craig Fisher. Uh, Craig himself is going through some changes, but he was on the show. Uh, I looked it up. It's actually almost six months. Can you believe that, Keith? So, no, not yeah, at I mean, all. I, yeah, I was almost, <laughs> almost, yeah it's, a, it's, it's literally a blur. Um, almost six months ago to the day. Uh, and we were talking about that time, uh, you know, where talent search was going, um, you know, Craig was talking about where projects would replace jobs and skills would replace job titles and traditional employment relationships were going to be, you know, disrupted and, you know, the way people hired and pay, pay, way people worked, um, you know, again, another soothsayer, <laughs> you know, on the list. Um, yeah, here we are, you know, a couple months later and we're sitting not with three, three and a half percent unemployment, but double high double digit unemployment, um, not three and a half million people, um, you know, not, not three and a half million people looking for unemployed, but 40 million people looking for unemployment uh, or that were unemployed. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Craig. We'll, we'll be interested to see what, what his vision for the, the future is. And, uh, you know, or was this, was, was, did he have his sights not set on a post pandemic and 40 million people, but you know, what, what, you know, is this, how does this fit in the plan? And that's what we're sort of here about. So. You know, and it's interesting because the, I love Craig coming on the show because here's a guy who's at the front of the edge 
of where recruiting, innovation, and just the state of the business environment as it relates to the job market. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's been completely turned upside down. You know, the, And now with everything else going on, I mean, you got to wonder where the end of the tunnel is. What what's at the end of the tunnel? Is it a cliff? Is it another train? Like crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. What is- it may be a cliff, and, and then it's a matter of if if there is a cliff, then it's a matter of you know how do you you know how do you land on that? And uh, so there's probably going to be a lot more disruptions and a lot more cliffs, and and we don't know if it's a, it's going to be a cliff. It's going to be a you know a big ocean span. Is you know what's it look like? And but we need we need to be prepared for that. And and that's part of my our hope. Hopefully our message here is to help people anticipate that and be ready. And it's not like oh if it's a cliff we all die. No, you don't. I mean you have what's the parachute? You know, you need a parachute or you need to figure out how to have a soft landing. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about, the, uh, again, we're, we're sort of living a day for me anyway, Keith. Uh, you, you weren't even born when some of this stuff happened. Um, you know, the, the geeks and the geezers are coming out um, <laughs> chronologically anyway. Um, last June, again, another uh, thing, almost uh, almost a year to this show. We spoke with Daniel Levine. Daniel Levine uh, does Wiki Trends, mm-hmm. um, and he introduced me to a book I had on my bookshelf that was Gathering Dust. And I, I remember it, but I hadn't—I don't think I opened it in probably 40, 45 years. Um, but it was called Future Shock. Yeah, and it was written in nineteen seventy. It was written by a guy named a futurist named Alvin Toffler. And he described, I mean, this is unbelievable. He described the psychological state of individuals and societies. I'm just reading this part. It's a quote. He described the psychological state of individuals and societies that has people disconnected and suffering from shattering stress and disorientation because there was too much change occurred in too short a period of time. How profound was that? How (laughs) profound is that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here's what was interesting. He talked about it as he, he talked about future shock being the result of an accelerating pace of change, which, you know, I, I we, we've both been talking about it with so many guests and and, and everything else. And but, the, the you know, the pace of change, the, the conversation sort of got disrupted by the pandemic. But the but the 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 pandemic certainly I don't think it changed much. It accelerated it. It, it, you know, for good or bad, it just accelerated that pace of change because all of a sudden, I think we talked about this in the last couple of shows, you know, I mean, the best example I know is, is in, in December, six months ago, um, you know, there were 10 million participants on a, on a monthly basis using Zoom last month or in April. And that's like an eternity ago, five weeks ago, uh, right. there were 300 million people using it. I mean, a 300 percent increase. Um, mm-hmm. you know, on that or a 30 percent increase, I'm sorry, um, you know, using that. So it's it's an incredible change. And I don't know what it is now is everybody. I mean, you know, it's schools and businesses and uh, family reunions. I mean, everything's there. So 
Um, but it's it's pretty profound that 50 years ago, um, you know, that that was that was the subject of where everybody was. And, you know, here we are. So fortunately, and, and here's what I, we do hope with our guests and our conversations, whether it's just you and me or we bring we have, we've had so many good guests on. Um, there's a futurist uh, by the name of Bob Johansson. He has the Institute for the Future. Um, super, super good guy. They do a lot of tremendous work. Uh, I, I encourage people to go up and look for uh, Institute of uh, Institute for the Future. Um, but Bob Johansson um, talked about VUCA uh, in the past, uh, way way before I was. I, I probably picked it up from him. And but he talks about the solution is VUCA Prime. And and maybe that's our parachute. Maybe that's the landing that people will have to get. And the VUCA prime is having a vision for the future. Um, just because it's uncertain doesn't mean you can't have a vision. But it's vision, understanding, clarity, and agility. So there, there's a positive version of VUCA. It's vision, understanding, clarity, and agility. Um, we can't yeah. create people's vision, but we can certainly help them understand, bring, you know, bring clarity to it and hopefully make them more agile. Um, so that, that sort of, you know, that kind of fit in there. But as I was thinking about this and I, I shared this with a couple people earlier. And again, you, I know you weren't alive, but Rebel probably wasn't alive, um, you know, who's our radio, radio engineer. And we really appreciate her being, you know, getting her getting us on the air all the time. Uh, Keith or Craig was probably a kid. Uh, I, I happen to be in college, so I'm an old guy. Uh, uh -huh. 1970, May, now we're in June, but let's say May 1970. Here were the events, and it was eerily similar. You talk about deja vu moments 50 years ago. In addition to future shock, which we described, you know, of, of predicting that. In May 1970, uh, Richard Nixon announced that we were going to war. We were going to, we were already in Vietnam war, very unpopular, a lot of protests, but we were going to, we were going to invade Cambodia. And, uh, when we invaded Cambodia, immediately there were student strikes. There were riots in every city. There were protests. There was political unrest because Nixon, uh, like our current president was not a very popular president. There was a mild recession and there was also high unemployment. Now, I looked up the unemployment rate and the unemployment rate reached the peak of 6%, which was high. So put that in perspective. I mean, this is definitely a worse time uh, for unemployment. Uh, our recession is certainly much, you know, probably more approaching a depression rather than a mild recession. But the time was very similar. So but I, I read some I pulled some of these quotes just to, to see what was going on. And I, I didn't specifically look for the quote. But Richard Nixon's speechwriter, years later, wrote about the time um, 50 years ago. And he said, and he was referring to Washington, the city was an armed camp. The mobs were smashing windows, slashing tires, dragging parked cars in the intersections, throwing bed springs off overpasses in the traffic below. That's not, he called it, that's not a student protest, that's civil war. The language is just incredible. They talked right. about an insurrection. They talked about, uh, again, using the military in the streets. Um, so for, for everyone out there, um, you know, I guess the, the hidden, the moral of the story is uh, we've lived through this before. And, and that doesn't mean we're, you know, you can, we're going to live through it again, uneventfully without change. Um, but it's not the first time this has happened. And I happen to be, you know, in second year of school. 
Uh, and they literally, there were universities that just shut down. I mean, they, they shut down now, but kids continued classes online. They just shut down. They gave everybody pass fail. Whatever the grades were at the time, they got them. Um, we, okay. I had, I, I remember I had two uh, finals canceled. You know, they just said, you know, wow. your grade will be whatever you had in. And I went to a super conservative college. You know, there were 1,400 kids. I mean, we weren't, you know, we weren't in Berkeley. We weren't in, you know, Harvard, MIT. I mean, uh, but across the country, I mean, colleges, universities were shutting down because of the unrest. Um, also similar, and then I, I will we'll go on because I know Craig finally joined, was able to join us. Um, May 9th, so just uh, about a month ago, 50 years ago. Uh, May 9th, President Nixon showed up at the steps of the memorial, the Lincoln Memorial, to meet student dissidents. Uh, it was 4.15 in the morning he did that. I sort of remember that. I, I don't remember all the facts. Uh, um, but I, I, I do remember it, it wasn't comfortable. But, the, but a, a historian wrote that Nixon treated them to a clumsy, condescending monologue, which he made public in an awkward attempt to display his benevolence. I don't want to go into politics, but that sounds eerily similar to what happened on Monday. <laughs> um, you know, whether you're pro or con that, um, you know, you got to admit that it was awkward whether you support the president or don't support him. So we're separate. We're really living in a deja vu moment. And for Keith, for someone like yourself and anybody who else is out there that says this is a, this is like the worst. This is the first time we've ever done that. And then there's old guys like me who say, you know. It's scary. And we were there and I don't remember all those points. I mean, I wasn't a certainly big protester at the time. Um, you know, I sympathized. I empathized with them, but I, I didn't necessarily go to Washington for good or bad reason. Um, didn't do that. But, uh, you know, we'll get through this. So um, we're excited to have, um, you know, Craig join us, too, for for some perspective before we get there. Um, we want to thank our sponsors, Zor.ai, XOR.ai, uh, and Success Performance Solutions for helping us be here. We are live today. Um, so if you do have a question um, or, or something to put it in the chat, you go to four, w4cy.com and put a question or a comment in the chat. I saw a couple things coming in already. Um, you can yeah. also, you know, if you have something to say, you want to get on the air, 561 623 9429. Uh, you can also, uh, well, the replays will be up on Apple and at Google and all the podcasts. And But uh, the, we also post them on LinkedIn, uh, the links to them. So if you have comments, hopefully the con conversation will continue up there. A uh, few events uh, that we want to get to. Uh, one is signing up uh, for Googleization Nation. You get updates about this in webinars, uh, googleizationnation.com. Uh, we had last week, I don't know if, Keith, you were able to, to, to do it live or you got the replay, but uh, have uh, my first of a four-month series uh, that we're talking about the future of employment. I've got the uh, Ed Gordon, who's a labor economist. Um, he gave a, a great message. Um, it's available now. You can go to uh, actually uh, bit.ly. You type in uh, to your URL bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash employment 2030. So it's bit.ly forward slash employment 2030. The replay's up there. You can watch it for free. Uh, and then there's also a link in there for our next, uh, the next version of that. We're going to be talking about future talent strategies. Uh, and that's on June 25th. Uh, also got a white paper, our trust on, on culture of trust or how to build trust in your organization. Also, we need that now and that you can get it also bit.ly forward slash trust white 
paper. So it's bit.ly forward slash trust white paper, all one word. Um, Keith, before we bring on Craig, any anything? I know I've been doing a lot of talking there, but anything cooking? Uh, I mean, you know what? It's so chaotic. It's so crazy. I mean, I'm I've kind of dialed into the talking to a. I'm I'm global right now, talking to people, uh, business leaders, sales leaders, CEOs about how they're planning to get the the their companies back running and and for most organizations that means getting sales back into the pipeline and closing uh, new clients and what I could what you know that's been keeping me pretty busy but in a nutshell Ira what I'm starting to recognize is conversations are coming full circle you know those really fun and engaging projects that were taking place 90 days ago well, they got all put on hold, but some of them are now back. And so I, I'm taking a little bit of a macro step here and, and hoping that uh, that's a reflection on better things to come sooner. Um, but then again, we never know what kind of VUCA is going to come up. So I've been heads down learning a lot about the future work as it relates to business and revenue generation. So probably start talking more about that as the weeks go by. But um Right now, I think it, I, I'm pumped to have Craig join us once again. I know it was a little bit last minute. We had some VUCA take place. But, uh, Craig, are you out there, my man? I'm here. Hello. Hey, hey Craig. Hey, it's great to see you again. Hey, just a real quick introduction for everybody. Uh, Craig is the founder of Talent Net Media. And when we talked to him last time, uh, it shows us our, our VUCA world. Uh, he was the head of marketing and employer brand at Allegis Global Solutions. So uh, also, uh, as, as the events happened in transition, uh, and uh, we're excited to have you, though. Craig, appreciate uh, you coming on last minute. Uh, it's uh, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks. So yes, I am. Uh, I'm in uh, a unique role for me of uh, you know kind of job search for the first time in oh, five plus years, uh, and I'm not even sure I would call it job search because in the background I'm always doing uh, this consulting work and I host the largest you know uh, regional recruiting conference in the Southwest and Texas, uh, and, uh, you know, lots of other things. So I'm kind of a, an employer branding slash recruitment marketing and talent attraction strategy guy in the world with or without a formal employer. But I did lead the, uh, uh, ignite consulting team, uh, at Allegis, uh, for the last five years. And that included, uh, on-premise roles uh, as head of employer brand at CA Technologies and for the last year uh, working with Toyota on a uh, digital transformation project to help kind of transfer their EVP uh, to something that made them a little more unique from the greater Toyota and Toyota Financial Services to hire tech people. So um, I am uh, enjoying the uh, sort of uh, spreadsheet method of uh, searching for a job right now yeah. uh, a little bit and, and documenting my process and kind of having good fun with it. So let's go there 
first. So the the fact that you're you're going through that process um, and yep. it's the first time in five years. What yeah. what are some of the most significant changes you've seen other other than you didn't weren't doing it in a pandemic last time? <laughs> well, okay, so <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's funny. Uh, I'm constantly um, kind of in uh, sales mode, uh, hunting down my next uh, sponsor for TalentNet or hunting down my next consulting customer, right? And so I'm kind of always looking for my next job, and that's kind of how I explain uh, job seeking to everyone because everybody in your organization is constantly looking for their next job, whether it's internally or externally, you know, the CEO is constantly on the lookout for what's happening next. Everybody is. Uh, and so from that aspect, uh, not much has changed because I'm still hunting for gigs basically. But, uh, in this kind of, uh, interesting zoom world that we're in right now, you know, you don't go meet people for drinks and lunch and you don't fly to go to job interviews and things like that. And interestingly, you know, a lot of employers uh, have been in touch with me to interview for like head of uh, talent brand or employer brand jobs. And I would ex would have expected them to all want to do um, virtual video meetings. And so far, it's been mostly more phone calls. So that's, you know, that's something that I would have expected to be different uh, and is not. Uh, now, anyone can see me on video kind of all the time on LinkedIn and other places anyway, so maybe they don't have to see me. So this is sort of a, I, I, I guess, a, uh, an act, well, I don't know if it's an academic question. Hopefully it's a practical question. Is, is the fact that they're doing these by phone, is it because they're behind the curve or is is that the curve? No, I actually don't think so. So one of the things that um, so I have kind of a a, a one sheer for Craig, right? This is either Craig's uh, you know keynote speaker profile, or this is Craig's consultant profile to help your company uh, attract talent better. Like so, I've got kind of these business one sheeters that are like a resume. Um, but they have my picture on them. And, uh, you know, most big organizations are told to remove that data so that there's no bias these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I, I actually believe that video interviews are on the decline and have been for the last couple of years. So I think these companies are actually uh, ahead of the curve with their, you know, sort of bias training. That's that's interesting because, you know, we've had a couple guests on and, and you certainly, you know, and Keith can probably talk a little bit better about this also, um, you know, from an HR tech world, um, you know, there's there's, a you know, video. I mean, everybody's pushing video interviews. I mean, I, I don't know how many companies that I work with on a regular basis, even in the yeah. assessment businesses, they're saying, hey, we're giving our free video conferencing. We're going to throw that in until June 30th for free. So there's yeah. been this big push for it. Um, but you're indicating that uh, the, the long term trend is moving away from that. I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not just indicating. I'm I'm stating that it has been moving away for wow. for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, I can. I can tell you how, you know, one of the ways I know this. So I see the companies that spend marketing dollars 
because they're in growth mode. And for a few years, they have not been uh, video interview companies. Now, nothing against that. It may still become a trend again. But what you find is when you send a resume in um, with your picture on it, and uh, this is me knowing applicant tracking systems because I do all this tech work yep. in, the, in the industry, that, that gets removed now, right? So, yep. um, and, and even with LinkedIn Recruiter, you can set it up so that you're basically just seeing profile data um, if, if that's the way your company wants it to be, uh, and you know, not other stuff. So I think, um, so there's a lot of of sourcing software that takes all that data out too. even college degrees, uh, Mm -hmm. now can can be removed Mm -hmm. to remove the bias. Well, that's a whole other thing. I mean, because how how many kids, I mean, how many people are going to be out there now that aren't going to complete a degree or there's, there's various ways that are going to happen. We talked about badges and certifications and different ways to demonstrate your proficiency, you know, prior to this. So education, you know, the traditional four year education or wasn't even four years anymore, but traditional college education was certainly on the verge of being disrupted. And then overnight, you know, there's a lot of colleges that may not open again or a lot of pathways that will be completely online. Um, so that that traditional degree as a qualification to get in the door um, was accelerated as well. You know, Ira, it's a it's a real good point. And I think there was already a push uh, by most smart employers to move away from the traditional, you know, uh, top 10 Ivy League type schools for campus recruiting and move to uh, state schools and, and broader types of programs uh, to find good talent. I mean, definitely in, in the tech sector, uh, and I think just in general as a best practice. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to find that a lot of our best people don't necessarily have that um, totally formal education moving forward. There will be like lots of variations of what qualifies uh, you as a professional. And, and and if, you know, can that formal education and that formal path actually be a detriment almost, you know, in today's world? Because, you know, people learn, learn skills and they, they had a proficiency in, or in a particular approach that's been completely disrupted. And uh, I hear, yeah, I, I hear a lot of managers uh, saying that they'd rather get somebody and like, especially recruiting managers, right? To uh, train a recruiter, you'd rather have somebody that you Hmm. kind of train from scratch than already has these sort of built-in LinkedIn recruiter tendencies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so definitely in our business, uh, that's, that's very true. I think, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a graduating senior um, who is, you know, going off to college in the fall. Uh, the college has stated that they will have classes. They will allow people on campus mm. as of August. Yep. And he's going to run cross country. And, um, and we actually had a live um, graduation uh, here in South Lake, Texas at Dragon Stadium. We were all distanced and the kids were all distanced on the field. Um, but, you know, like 600 plus kids uh, graduated in person last Friday night. And that was the first day such things were allowed in this state. Um, and so it's a, it's a strange thing for these kids because that whole class was born during nine 11 and they're right. graduating mm. during this, which is, right. 
And, and what is this even, right? I mean, yeah. what, what's COVID, you know, that, that that's so yesterday. Uh, so <laughs> really strange things going on yeah. in this uh, class of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I hate to I hate to stop this because we're on a roll and we got so many things to talk about. I, I can keep note, having notes here, but uh, we need to take a break. Um, let everybody know you're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We got our our guest, uh, uh, Craig Fisher, uh, from TalentNet Media, and uh, we've been talking about the future of work, future of jobs, future of recruiting, future of tech. Uh, we've been sort of all over the place, but basically we're talking about our future, uh, especially what it's going to be like to. Uh, to, to work and recruit and, and uh, get jobs. Uh, we are going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai, that's X-O-R, and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Hi, everyone. This is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. I'm here with Keith Compagna, and our guest is Craig Fisher. Uh, we've been talking a lot about, uh, we started with employer brand and just some of the trends and some of the things that we've seen shifted, um, what job search is going to look like, some things that have changed over the last few years because Craig's uh, on a job search now. So we are comparing his, his uh, opportunity now uh, and his search and his approach to what it was. So if you have any questions, uh, you know, put them back in, uh, put them in the chat on w4cy.com. Um, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, give you some help. I know there's a question I, I do want to get to. Um, Craig, I just want to follow up on one thing because I know Keith had uh, a question as well. You talked about um, the, the video interviewing, and you know I, I can see where people, you know, companies will not do a video interview up front, especially with the high awareness on on implicit bias and conscious bias and trying to extract all that and be and have a fairer process. Um, but what about after, you know, obviously once you've, they've had an introduction, once you've had that phone conversation, um, do you see video interviewing also on the decline or do you see that is, Hey, I don't have to travel. We don't have to bring in somebody, you know, we, we don't have to either pay somebody or somebody doesn't have to do it on their own, uh, to travel a long distance to, to go for an interview is, is the trend that it's happening later in the process or do you see it? going away. Yeah. So that is the trend. Um, 
Ira, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is now. It's almost uh, a commodity, okay? Uh, I still see a lot of employers who use Skype, um, for instance, for these video interviews, which has no formal interview process around it, right? And no way to sort of attach to an ATS. And you have to get people's permission to record and, you know, things like that. So uh, that's where the, uh, the proper um, video interview uh, technology is a really good player because it does attach to ATS and there are built-in HR processes there uh, that can be really helpful if you care to track such things. Now, a lot of companies just don't track things very well. So uh, whether they're a big or a small organization, that may or may not matter to them. And so I feel like, you know, a lot of the video interview companies have kind of been gobbled up into CRMs or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, other technologies that kind of help that process along built into an ATS or what have you. And, uh, and so, yes, while that still does happen and will happen more because we aren't traveling for interviews right now, um, at some point you will jump on a video chat with probably a manager before you're hired, uh, but it might not be such a formal process. Interesting. Cool. Hey, Keith, I know you had a, a really interesting question that came up during the break. So I'll, I'll yeah, throw it to you. I, you know, Craig and I know each other for a couple of years now. And mm. the, there's, I know, you know, to the listening audience, Craig, if you're not familiar with what Craig's been doing out there, he sits on top of some very, very uh, high level companies in terms of being a consulting and, a, and an advisor on the what used to be the most important element of business, and that would be recruitment and talent management. Um, but now things are the the whole deck has been shuffled. And and my my curiosity, Craig, is what are you hearing from other people that are stakeholders in companies, big and small, since you've parted ways with Allegis? Now, knowing that you were at Allegis, that certainly allowed you to get inside of a lot of organizations, but. I know you well enough to know that people are reaching out to you. Your network is what most people work their entire lives to have. So what is it that you're hearing from other executives as it relates to, you know, maybe the short term, maybe six months, a year? What, what, what's out there? Yeah, well, so a couple of things. Um, you know, I, I, I am still uh, loosely attached to, to Allegis. I'm, I'm still, you know, there's ongoing projects, things like that. Um, and so I'm still sort of hearing what they're hearing. Uh, and, and at the same time, yes, I'm talking to all the uh, HR vendors uh, and tech companies right now and all the service vendors as well. And it's, it's interesting. Employer branding, which is what sort of my – Bailiwick has been for the last many years, in addition to other things, tech selection, et cetera. But uh, employer branding is, is really top of mind right now because when companies start asking people back uh, how they treated their former employees that got furloughed or laid off is going to be a really big player. And so not everyone really has a choice in how that perception is in the market. Um, so I'd say the glass doors of the world are going to be very important uh, moving forward. And the way people are asked to come back 
uh, is also going to be a big player because a lot of workers are saying, no, I'm gun shy here now because you laid everybody off or you furloughed everyone, or you want people to come back to a physical office space. And it's going to be weird because we're going to see a bounce back of the stock market, but employment is going to lag for at least two years. And, you know, Ira, you and I have been through this several times, right? That's when uh, staffing becomes kind of a bigger player and full-time employees kind of go down for a little while because companies will have found that they can do more with less uh, as well as um, not having the budget to hire back as many folks as they would have liked. So they're going to be really good people on the market that there aren't enough jobs for. And so the companies that really get that employer brand and attraction piece right are the ones that are going to win and going to have their, you know, their pick of the litter. I agree. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, there was something that was posted yesterday. Uh, I, I put it up on, on LinkedIn. You might have seen it, um, uh, Keith. Um, oh, everybody could have seen it, but it, it was in the local Lehigh Valley economic development. It came from that. And, and uh, you, you know, Susan Larkin, I believe, you know, from mm-hmm. Allied, uh, you know, she, she said that, you know, she, she had an interesting comment that despite the high unemployment, despite the layoffs and despite everything else, is that the the talent shortage really hasn't gone away. There's just a lot of people out there, uh, right. you know, that are looking. And and that's a real big misconception. Um, I've shared this story. I don't know if it was online. I've shared it with a lot of other people. But um, I had a conversation about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago with the client. And, you know, I, I uh, came up with this thing that recruitment's going to be like shoveling out of a blizzard with a teaspoon. Uh, or, or for you, for you guys in the South, shoveling out of a flood with a teaspoon, um, and and you know, people sort well, yeah. But there's 40 million people that are unemployed looking. I said, yeah. Wait, where do you put your next ad up? Your 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 next job posting? And what they shared was is that this company said, you know, it's interesting you said that because they they used to post a job and they were lucky if they got 25 to 50 responses on on Indeed because that was primarily what they were using. Uh, small business. And they, you know, and they said out of that, maybe there was one or two that were qualified. Um, but the number that was stuck in their head was that 25, if they got 50, they were, they felt lucky. And in 24 hours, they had 1300 responses. Right. right. And, you know, because, it, you know, it was, it was just easy. And he said, so, you know, my response was, I shut it down. What should I do? And And that may direct them back to staffing. Uh, that may maybe they they need an ATS. <laughs> maybe they need a better process. They probably need all of the above. Um, but yeah, it's definitely gonna uh, you know it, it it's definitely changing well, that that the environment. So just because there's 40 million people doesn't mean they're all qualified to do the jobs. And my response to that was that the skills that are needed to do the jobs are now all all increased because now everybody needs digital skills just right. to connect to the office because nobody there's very few businesses that'll be 100% back to, to full on-site at work employment unless you're at clinical you're, you're in clinical health. Yeah. That's right. That's so so many things there to unpack, Ira. You just No, I always do it. <laughs> you lo- you loaded you loaded up the shotgun. Uh, I'll tell you that um, so w- one of the things is that uh, Lou Adler will tell you all day long that we make it too easy to apply to jobs, mm-hmm. right? So you've got easy apply on LinkedIn and Indeed. 
and other places. And uh, you can upload your resume from your phone and it will fill out most of the application for you and, you know, things like that, right? So we make it too easy to apply and people just apply, apply, apply. And we have these serial appliers. And so while, yes, we do get for small businesses, 1,300 applications and for large businesses, 10,000 applications to a job, something like that. Um, the, the software that we have available to us now, the AI and the, you know, the, the stack ranking software um, and, and assessments are what are going to be the big players moving forward because we are going to have too many applicants and we're going to have to, we're going to have to cut it down to a reasonable list and that list needs to be accurate and, right. and buy it. Right. And right. so tech is going to be a big player. Uh, this is, this is not going to be a market where we say, Oh, throw more people at it, throw more recruiters at it because we've got so many applicants. It's going to be the other way around. So these recruiters are going to have to have better skills as well. Yeah, Craig, Craig, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, we, I've been talking about that for years. So I mean, how assessments are, you know, it's my life. I mean, it's how, yeah. you know, how they add, add objectivity to our gut reaction. However, um, there, even when somebody calls me and says, here, you know, do you have, how much are your test costs? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would say that 50% of my leads come in with that question. It, it, mm-hmm. and it's like, what test, who you want to test for, you know, you, what, what do you want to test for? What role? Uh, but when I ask them this simple question, I don't, this isn't a simple question, but I, I can, I'll narrow it down at the end of one year. If there's, if this employee is sitting across from you, what is it that they would have to accomplish to say you're a great employee? And they can't do it. No, that's right. They, they don't know what the criteria is. So even if you have AI, is, is somebody has to define what the criteria is for filtering people out. And 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 to me, that's where companies are really going to struggle. And 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 for those who f- at least moderately figured it out, are going to be way ahead of the game. It's not going to be technology solves this. Technology is only going to help them filter better and faster but they have to have good filters. I mean, are, are, am I wrong or are you seeing that? No. I mean, you work with primarily enterprise. I work with small, medium-sized businesses, but are you seeing an, an improvement or a change in that? Well, so you, you're not wrong at all. And in fact, you're more right than uh, probably most people know because there's no such thing as one company culture, okay? Even for a small business, every department has its own culture. Mm-hmm. And so you can't even define what's good for a company by the company, right? It, you, you really need to get more granular than that. So an assessment needs to be very job-specific, team-specific, manager-specific, uh, and, and really get into the psychometrics of what makes that team good. Why is that team valuable to the organization? And, you know, what does somebody need to bring to the table in order to be a valuable player on that team? And so, you know, I'm not a perfect fit for every job and I'm a professional job seeker because I'm constantly selling stuff. Right. So uh, the, the assessments do work if you can get down to that level of granularity, but most companies kind of treat their culture as basically their, their values. And just because you've written some values somewhere on your career site doesn't mean you've nailed the essence of what makes a good employee there. Don't even get me started, Craig Fisher. Don't even get me started about that. Right? Yeah, because right. how many companies actually have a sense of writing things out? I mean, it, it's almost like six months Correct. ago we could have been talking about this. Now yep. the the fit hit the shit, or I'm sorry, the shift hit the plan, right, Ira? And now <laughs> they've got nothing. 
and a bigger mess. Yeah. Well, what's a distributed? Uh, what's a what's culture look like in a distributed workforce? That's okay. right. Yeah. And so it's funny. I was on a call the other day uh, with uh, an engineer from VMware, and we got to this conversation. If you thought you had your culture nailed before, now you have to understand what is your remote culture. And that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I've been working on this project with a buddy of mine, uh, Chuck Coker. Uh, you might have seen some stuff out there, Craig. I've been posted on. I, I got We're putting the, mm -hmm. the whole plan together, but talking a lot about trust. And, you know, whatever your culture is, and I know some people define it as a culture of trust, is that right now is there's not a lot of trust. And you were addressing that earlier with companies saying, hey, we're, we're you know, we're starting to bring people back gradually. And, and employees, um, even long term employees are saying, I'm not sure if I want to go back. I mean, for many reasons. So maybe they don't trust that it's safe yet. But sometimes they don't trust that. What's the future going to look like? Are they bringing him back? You know, why are they bringing him back? And there was somebody that posted a comment here and, and the, the deeper different conversation about, you know, that people are making more money on employment than they can by going back to work. You know, the problem is, is eventually the unemployment money is going to work out and people are going to have to go back to work. Um, but if people are considering that, um, you know, I'm sure people would drop the unemployment if they if they were confident that they would still be employed three months from now. You know, if I if I quit my employment now and then I lost all that benefit, then I'm going to go back on it. Um, it's going to be at a different level because they won't have the benefit of, of the pandemic bonus yeah. and, and so forth. So, yeah, a lot of moving parts for sure. Hey, um, we unfortunately are coming up toward the end. Uh, this was one of the <laughs> fastest shows uh, I can imagine. Uh, but uh, that's that's what you do to us, Craig. So, uh, <laughs> So, so many things we'll to talk about. Yeah, yeah, for, I appreciate it. Yeah, we should do this on a regular basis. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, six months was even too long. Um, how could people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, you can find me at uh, craigfisher.info. You can find me at fishdogs.com. You can email me, craig at talentnetlive.com. Uh, or craig at fishdogs.com. I'm really easy to find. I'm one of the most Googleable people you'll ever meet. And so that's why this podcast is so excellent for me. Nice. Yeah, nice. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Any uh, closing words or comments or pieces of advice for, for people? No. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, employers, as you start to look at what comes next, just understand that we don't know what the new normal is and uh, <laughs> don't, tr don't try to own that and solve it because you just need to wait and see. Uh, Things are going to play out differently than we probably expect. Yeah, Vuka, yeah. baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, Thanks, hey, Craig, and I, I'm going to—we're coming up at the end here. I'm going to chime in here and, and and try to remind everybody not to let perfection be the enemy of good. It's yeah. good enough to try. It's good enough to communicate. It's good enough to tell your employees, whoever is left that you're trying to figure it out, and you'll get back to them. You know, don't hesitate to try a little bit because you don't know the end game and you're not sure how it's going to look. That's, that's interesting because uh, I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if you knew this, Keith, I'm actually um, got hired to, to develop a, an organizational change management course for a new graduate program. And oh. uh, they, they rolled the, you know, the, the format down purely academic from that standpoint. And the object, I had a question, all the objectives. <laughs> So, you know, 
that they, that they laid out. They talked about governance and I go, what governance? I mean, right, so, right. yeah, it, it's like, you know, it's sort of like the, the old thing, which, you know, and, and well, we've all been long enough to know is like, hey, you need to think out of the side of the box. And the right question is, is what box? Right. You know, who said it, who said there was a box and was it a square box or a rectangular box or, you know, a flat box or a big box? And and people just assume that it's a box. And it's like you got to question everything. And, and in yeah. that world, I, I love that. Don't let the perfection get in the way of doing something good. Yep. So uh, we've uh, again, Craig, appreciate it so much, uh, especially coming on in the fly. Great conversation. Good luck in your search and whatever whatever you. you're doing. We'll, we'll definitely be in, in touch for sure. Uh, final words from you, Keith. What else? Or, or, or was that your final word? <laughs> um, thank you. How about that? To all the people that are out there listening, uh, definitely to Craig for, for pulling the audible here. And, you know, keep listening. Keep checking out the content. There's The future of work is, is, is wide open right now. So make your opportunity. Seek out help. And don't be afraid to ask what's going on next. And, and thanks for everybody today. Um, I, I neglected, uh, Missy had written a question earlier and uh, we didn't get to it, but if you want to continue to chat, Missy, you contact either Keith or myself on LinkedIn um, uh, and uh, we'd be happy to do that. But she asked about, you know, wh why do things keep happening over and over again? It's because we don't learn or, or we just <laughs> want to make mistakes. Uh, and I want to thank Alvin who had to my line about what's in the South. I said that it was, uh, you know, shoveling out of a flood with the teaspoon. He said, no, it's like in the South, it'll be sucking out of a flood with the straw. <laughs> so I will be sure to use that. Uh, we can't thank everybody enough for listening, uh, being part of uh, Geek Skeezer's Googleization and Hopefully, you'll take the opportunity to join Googleization Nation at googleizationnation.com. It's free, and you'll get updates about this and our webinars and podcasts and live streams and uh, white papers and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, thanks to Zor.ai, XOR.ai, and Success Performance Solution for being part of the show, making this possible. Uh, if you have comments or anything, please connect in, the, uh, in between our shows uh, with Keith and myself and Craig uh, on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, you can listen to any of our older shows and catch um, uh, uh, Craig's uh, from December 18th. If you go to geekskeezersgoogleization.com, uh, December 18th was the show, uh, and uh, we can talk about that. Uh, you can listen to all the pot, all the uh, shows also on Apple and Google and Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud, Amazon, you name it, we're there. So until next week. Uh, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. This is Ira Wolf and Keith Capagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. Geek Skeezers and Googleization.